Need a break from the horrifying reality of real life? Well, do we have a sexy deal for you. Go to adamandeve.com and use our special code HORROR for 50% off almost any item and free shipping. That's H-O-R-R-O-R at checkout for 50% off and free shipping. Order now and get ready to... Hello, everyone. Hi, listeners. Welcome to episode 75. Ooh, sexy. That's a sexy one. This is going to be a sexy episode, you guys. Or not. I don't know. I mean, they're all kind of a... (laughs) (laughs) Do you ever get sad and horny? That's what this is probably going to be. I mean, that's what our email address is for, baby. (laughs) Sadandhorny at gmail.com. If you're feeling those two things during this (laughs) podcast, you slip us a line. That's inviting too much, I think. Yeah, no, don't don't do that. Don't do that. (laughs) Keep it professional, you guys. Folks, we're coming to you today from a new location, which is our old living room. Yeah, I think last time we might have been like, this is the last time we're recording recording in our apartment together. Um, but all of our stuff is packed up in boxes. So we are on the last two chairs. Yep. We've hooked uh, glow up to our last table. Yep. And we're, we're doing just, it. We're making it we're making it work. Apologies if this podcast is a little echoey. There is nothing in this house. Yeah, I, I think the the problem <laughs> with that about, about sound quality in general is that we usually record sound in my bedroom. Yeah, which you know, as a tourist, I filled to the brim with just soft, you know, soft textiles. Yeah, of many different kinds, pillows. I feel like you're like an old timey merchant rugs. woman. Like you just have. Different textiles from around the world. Open up the bag of my wagon. We got rugs, (laughs) we got blankets, we got anything you want. But anyways, this is I'm Horrified. I'm Sam and this is Allie. Allie, this is Sam. And um, today we're going to talk to you about two exciting topics. Allie, what what are you going to talk about today? Today I am going to talk about the Kathy Griffin, Donald Trump controversy. I'm still deciding what to call this. Yeah. Like the Kathy Griffin controversy... Kathy Griffin's severed head thing. Yeah. We'll talk about it in post. I mean, if you say severed head thing and Kathy Griffin, we know what you're talking about. Yeah. I mean, I hope you do. If not, I mean, we're going to talk about it in like two minutes. Yeah, you're about to know. But I I admit that would be jarring if I saw that on a Monday morning and my podcast feed was just like severed head. I'd be like, God. Yeah. No. (laughs) That's something you find on the dark web. Yeah. So, so I'm going to talk about that. I'm I'm very excited to talk about that. I have a lot to say. So. Yeah. And then what are you going to talk about, Sam? Today I'm going to talk about Visco Girls. I don't know what that is. I'm so I didn't know what it was either until about a week ago. Is this something to do with World War II? No. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> these girls are doing their thing right now, Allie. Excellent this is a current event story. I'm so glad for them. Yes. We'll find out what they are in just. A minute. In We're like 25. 25 minutes. Um, so um, let's, let's dive in. But yeah, let's dive right in. Um, I want to hear all about this. Great. You've come to the right place. Thank God. <laughs> um, though we do kind of have to be like, I'm so excited to hear what you're going to say because we have content to make. But I really, truly am. I always am I'm too. I'm always excited. I'm excited to hear anything you have to say. And that's why we started this podcast, because I loved your voice. It's good to start with our purpose. Yeah. I think that. All right. So let's talk about it. Uh, I have inadvertently followed Kathy Griffin's career for the better part of the last decade, mostly because of my mom. Yes. <laughs> my mom is her biggest fan. And um, in my family, one of the things we love doing together is watching stand-up. Uh-huh. And I didn't actually realize that watching stand-up together as a family 
was like not anything. It's not something that a lot of people I knew did. (laughs) Yeah, not a lot of people have the same sense of humor as their parents. Yeah, like it was really weird. Like I didn't realize that it was kind of weird to do that, but like comedy and stand up were always a huge part of my family and we always watched it together. Um, So when I was a teenager, my mom and I would watch Kathy Griffin stand up, but also her reality show, My Life on the D-List, which you watched with your mom. Yes. It was a great show. It was so fun. She was, I mean, I mean, I'll get into it, but you know, she's very talented. She's very funny. She was, you know, I think her market (laughs) wasn't super geared for me. And by that, I mean, her audience skews a little more to like women and gay men, my mom's age. Yes. You know, she has a large following. She still does, even given what I'm about to talk about. She would oftentimes talk about, like, celebrities and Mm -hmm. her run-ins with celebrities being a D-list celebrity, which is fun. It's It's just just fun. It's fun to hear about. Yes. It's fun to hear about how she thought, like, Renee Zellweger was high on cocaine during a dinner or something. Like, it's just fun. Yeah. I don't know what else to say. So, a bit of background on her for those of you who aren't Mm mom-educated, like Sam and I were. Uh, Kathy Griffin's career started in earnest in the 1980s. She was doing improv and getting bit parts in movies. She was actually in Pulp Fiction. Oh, really? I knew that, but I forgot about it. Um, You probably wouldn't have known it. I think she was like a waitress or something. Oh, word. Um, And she was building this insane list of TV and movie credits and never said no to any job. I remember that's something she said on My Life on the Deal. She was like, if I got offered a role, I would not turn it down. Yeah. Which you got to fucking respect. (laughs) She was a grinder. She was a grinder. She was a nine to fiver. Like she um, really got out there and, and made her career... Like, she didn't really get a break. It yeah. was like she, it's not like she had a big break. It's just she just stuck around long enough and made people listen to her, which I really respect. Um, and then in the 90s, she was cast on Suddenly Susan with Brooke Shields. And so that bumped her up a little bit. And she was getting increasingly well, increasingly well known for her stand up. And at that point, she crossed over into being a relatively well known and respected comedian. So after that ended, her stand-up career really took off in the early 2000s and landed her more success in the show that I already mentioned, My Life on the D-List, which was her reality show that chronicled her life, living in a mansion, bumping into celebrities, working as a comedian up until 2017. Um, And she had appearances on talk shows like The View, she hosted awards shows, and she hosted CNN's New Year's programming with her personal friend, Anderson Cooper. Yes. And that friendship will be expanded upon in a little bit, and it upsets me. So I don't. Want I know to talk this about next it. part makes me sad. It really upsets me, and we just talked about him, and we just talked. We about probably him. just said nice things about him in the Gloria Vanderbilt episode. Yeah, but I'm, I'm gonna get a little shady. That's okay. We can. We're allowed to. That's what Kathy would want, and frankly, I think it's probably what Gloria would want to. I th- I think so. I think that she's like. I mean, everyone should be taken to task, including Absolutely. my son. Okay, so let's get into why we're here. Yes. The inciting incident of the controversy we're discussing occurred on May 30th, 2017. After a photo shoot with Tyler Shields, who's a photographer known for his controversial photo art, I don't know. Um, I, I looked at some of his work and I was like, this is fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, they were doing a photo shoot and Kathy posted a photo of herself holding a mask and wig covered in ketchup which very obviously looked like the severed bloody head of Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. Kathy captioned this Instagram. I captioned this. There was blood coming out of his eyes, blood coming out of his wherever. So what she's referencing there for most of you know this, (laughs) Um, but I I sometimes feel like we're some like speaking to somebody who just 
like fell out of a cave and was handed an iPod with our podcast on yeah, it. Yeah, I feel like aliens are really going to use this podcast to assimilate. I think we're doing a good job for them. Please rate us on iTunes, aliens. Welcome to the world. <laughs> so, yeah, this is this is satirizing comments that Trump made I don't, rem- I don't remember how many months ago. I, I lose track of all this. Yeah. Nonsense. Oh, a, a while but, ago. Yeah, she was Before this photo shoot. Yeah. Uh, Trump made comments about Fox News correspondent Megyn Kelly, um, which to quote his dumb, stupid mouth was, uh, quote, she gets out and she starts asking me all sorts of ridiculous questions, Trump said in a CNN interview. You could see there was blood coming out of her eyes, blood coming out of her wherever. <sighs> so Trump was inferring that, like, Kelly was on her period, and that's why she was acting crazy. And so, you know, in later interviews, Kathy spoke about how she was parodying his comments and that she wanted to show him with blood coming out of his whatever and see how he liked it. Mm-hmm. Now, if you haven't seen this picture, again, that's, like, just for the person stumbling out of the Yeah, game. Like, everyone absolutely. saw it. It was literally everywhere in the days following its release. Um, So you probably have seen it, but I will describe it because it's an audio medium. Uh, Basically, it's, it's very, it's violent. Yeah. It's a violent image. Yeah. It's, it looks very much like she is holding a decapitated bloody head. Yeah. Um, Like, there's no question that it was in poor taste. (laughs) Yes. Um, Now, how much of that really matters We'll kind of get to that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, from an objective standpoint, it was a violent image. Yeah. A violent, shocking image. That's just the information you didn't know moving forward. Like, yeah. It, <laughs> it wasn't that cartoonish. Like, it was kind of visually shocking. Yes. Um, Even to somebody who was like, I don't give a fuck what you do. Like, yeah. which is me. I don't. Like, spoilers. Like, I really think anyone can do whatever they want. But, um... Yeah. So, that, I think, helped to propel some of this because... It was a really provocative, provocative image. Yeah, absolutely. So the next day, in the middle of the night, literally at four in the morning, <laughs> Donald Trump tweeted the following. And he's actively president at this point, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's president. He's the president of this nation when, yeah. when all this goes down. Thank you for clarifying that, because I didn't say that. Um, he quoted, he tweeted, he quoted, who has he quoted? <laughs> Just himself. Um, he tweeted... Kathy Griffin should be ashamed of herself. My children, especially my 11-year-old son, Baron, are having a hard time with this. Sick. I, I can't even, like, fine. Like, I, I totally assume that he would, A, like, obviously politicians shouldn't respond to this kind of shit, but of course yeah. he's going to, and of course it's going to be like, ugh, sick. I think it's just, like, shitty that he dragged his kid into this, because yeah. it's so obviously played for sympathy. Yeah. And why are you showing your kid the internet? Yeah. He's 11. Why is he looking at, like, Perez Hilton's blog? Yeah. <laughs> why is he seeing it? Yeah, it's like, <clears throat> I believe that his son would have been upset seeing that image, but I don't know why Donald Trump had to bring the whole world into that, necessarily. Yeah. Well, clearly, to make it yes. seem more egregious. Melania Trump later tweeted, uh, as a mother, a wife, and a human being, that photo is very disturbing. When you consider some of the atrocities happening in the world today, a photo opportunity like this is simply wrong and makes you wonder about the mental health of the person who did it. So, whatever. Like, Donald Trump is disgusting and childish and usually sounds off on B-list celebrities for insulting him. But over the following days, almost everyone in the Trump family tweets about this. Eric Trump Jr. goes on TV Mm -hmm. talking about this and does a couple of times. Like, he goes on Fox News and is like, she deserves everything that she's getting. 
they purposely keep this alive yeah. and tweet about it as a full family. <laughs> yeah. They easily could have just not commented on this. Yeah. So so that's that's where we are. A comedian posted a racy inappropriate photo and Trump's whole fucking family is tweeting about it. So that's that. And again, like I said, it is a very violent and provocative photo. I understand why it took to the airwaves as fast as it did. Mm-hmm. I'm not acting like the right took this and sensationalized it. Yeah. It was pretty sensational. Yes. Um, not like it was sensational. Um, <laughs> though, again, I really don't care. But, like, for a president to unleash the full force of the first family on social media to criticize a piece of artwork is unprecedented. Mm-hmm. All the major news media outlets picked up on this story, partially because of the photo itself and its popularity, but also because of that. Like, also because, like, all of them, and Kellyanne Conway, and Sean Spicer, and what's-her-face? Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Yes, Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Good job. fucking sucks. What really kicks this into high gear is that everyone piles on. So celebrities, politicians on both sides of the aisle... People who used to be friends of hers, like just people on Twitter, as Twitter people are wanted to do. Even comedians who have been in like their own controversies. People just tweet about this. And most people are tweeting against her. Like it's not back and forth. Like everyone's just kind of taking the opportunity to say like, you know, it doesn't matter what side you're on. Like we shouldn't incite violence. Which like, Yeah, fair enough. Like, again, I understand it's due to the fact that it was a particularly violent image, but the piling on was just really relentless. Yeah. And what this amounted to, in reality, for Kathy Griffin as a person, was thousands of death and rape threats, many that her security and police identified as credible. Mm -hmm. So things that she had to take seriously and, like, go into lockdown at her house. Calls to her family members, including her, like, 97-year-old mother threatening their lives. Even threats made to her sister, who was dying of cancer at the time. One of the most personal losses that we saw her go through was, and we're going to talk about it now. I know. Anderson Cooper, who was a close personal friend of hers for many years. And he tweeted out, For the record, I am appalled by the photo shoot Kathy Griffin took part in. It is clearly disgusting and completely inappropriate. So he tweeted this out and, like, never contacted her personally. I think he contacted her personally later, like, Mm -hmm. weeks after the fact, at which point I think Kathy was just like, I'm done, (laughs) which I can respect. But, like, the thing that just gets me about that is he didn't have to tweet that. Yeah, people weren't begging for his opinion on it. Yeah, like, he wasn't involved in any way. He's a journalist. Like, he can stay impartial. He Mm -hmm. should have. I don't know. Like, that one just particularly really gets to me. Because they were. They were well-known, very good friends. Yeah. She was really close with his mom. She was I, close I just with did his this mom. episode on Gloria Vanderbilt, right? Like, they were genuinely very, very close, Kathy Griffin and Gloria Vanderbilt. And, and they were really close when he was still closeted. Yeah. And she knew that. And literally, she would, like, chat about celebrities' lives as part of her act. Mm -hmm. Like, you can imagine (laughs) how saucy it would have been for her to out him. Not saying that that's ever appropriate or that, like, he owes her anything because of that. But, like, it just kind of indicates to you the bond that they had. It just fucking sucks. I don't know why. It just, like... Yeah. Like, imagine if you did that to me. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't matter. You could kill 20 guys, and I would still be like, they probably deserved it. Like, I would defend you... 
Even if I didn't think you were right, I'd defend you. Right? At least publicly. Even if we really had a disagreement, I would never fuck you over on Twitter. Exactly. Like, Like, the worst thing I would ever say about you if we were both celebrities for some reason would be like, oh, like... Yeah, I didn't see that. I don't know much about it. Yep. <laughs> that would be the end of my comment. And then maybe I'd text you and be like, pinch. What did you fuck up? <laughs> like, this, this was not a good idea. Like, maybe I would have that conversation with you. I, I like to think I would be bolder and they'd be like, do you have any comments on what Sam Buntich, notable <laughs> podcast star, said earlier? And I would just go full throttle and be like, absolutely, I support her 100%. <laughs> and they're like, well, she was spouting like pro-Nazi propaganda, and I'd be like, what's that? <laughs> um, and then I'd just have to go for it. I don't know. And then you'd have to be like, yeah, I guess so. It's not all bad. Um, no. No, neither of us believe that. Yeah, 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 please, let's just get that clear. Okay, so let's get back on the wagon. It's clear that Kathy endured some severe personal and professional backlash from this. And while I stand by her on that, and I'll explain a little bit more about that later, that backlash is something that was always possible for her and is in a certain sense to be expected when a pretty well-known celebrity takes risky, political, edgy things yeah. and makes them public. <laughs> you know, if you're putting yourself out there on the line and doing risky, edgy comedy and art, there's always a chance that you're going to get burned. And it, yeah, and it's people's right to not like something you do. And vocalize it. And so say, you, I don't like you that. have to know that if you put something controversial out on the airwaves, it might go viral. And unfortunately, you know, like the kind of things we we heard about in Gamergate, that's a totally different scenario. Mm-hmm. It was women who had really valuable things to say and very interesting things to say. And they put their work out and they didn't know the extent of the backlash that they were going to get. Yeah. But they knew that they were putting their stuff out. And then now female gamers know that when they put their stuff out, it is opening themselves up to a certain amount of backlash. Yeah. And, you, and there is a sense of bravery to that. For yeah. For sure. Because it's not easy. But so, yeah. So that portion of it isn't what I really want to talk about. Like, yeah, that happens. It sucks that it was so piled on. I don't think that was really deserved. Yeah. But it happens. And it happened. Yeah. The reason we need to talk about this on this podcast with all of you is because of what happened to her at the hands of the United States government. So the day following the photo's release, Kathy Griffin was placed under investigations by the Secret Service and the Department of Justice. The reason for this is that the government was deciding whether or not to charge her with conspiracy to assassinate the president of the United States. The penalty for that charge is life in prison. And that's that's fucking crazy. She was very seriously being investigated for a plot to assassinate the president. That happened. Yeah. So she was also placed on the Interpol watch list, which led to her passport being marked and at certain points taken away from her and also led to her detainment at every single airport she visited during her 2018 tour. She was told that the government had the right to tap her phone, though she never learned whether or not they did. And the investigation on her was structured as such that they could keep it open indefinitely. They were not under any political obligation to close it within a certain period of time. Damn. She was interrogated at length under oath by the FBI. And at one point, they were trying to 
get her to do like a perp walk in a jumpsuit. There was no need for this, but they were basically trying to push the trial far enough. There was no trial. They were trying to push the investigation far enough to lo- along to like make that warranted. Yeah. So somebody was pushing this so far because they wanted imagery of her doing a perp walk. Yeah. And you know that that is exactly the kind of shit that they want to get out to their fan base. Mm-hmm. By they, I mean the Trumps. Trump bees, Trumpers, all of it. Like, they were pushing an actual, an actual criminal investigation so that they could get scintillating imagery yeah. <laughs> for their political base. All in all, things turned out relatively well. Considering what could have happened, and she was exonerated after two months of scrutiny. Which, like, that's relatively well. Two months of your life thinking that you could be charged and being, like, investigated heavily for, like, a conspiracy to assassinate the president of the United Mm -hmm. States. So Luke Darby from GQ puts it really well in his December 2018 article. Um, So I'll read that for you now. Uh, The moral of the story isn't Griffin's resilience. Her jokes may not have been funny. Prop comedy rarely is. I like that. Yeah. (laughs) But it was also clearly not conspiracy to assassinate the president of the United States. Nor did it warrant a two-month investigation by the assistant U.S. attorney to determine that. Regardless, the president chose to single her out to drum up support among his base and demand sympathy in the media, targeting her in his tweets and trying to drag his children into the debacle. It was a textbook example of Republican values, free speech for them, servile civility for everyone else, and liberals largely fell for it. I think that really sums this up. (laughs) It's a good summation of it. It's very complicated, and it's also very not. Um... But let's fall into what I personally have wrong, find wrong <laughs> with this situation, um, which is a couple things. First one, in 2017, the same year that this controversy occurred, Johnny Depp was quoted at the Glastonbury Festival as saying, quote, when was the last time an actor assassinated a president? It's been a while, and maybe it's time. Now, again, I just, fine. <laughs> yeah. Say whatever you want. Um, this, to me, though is far more egregious than what Kathy did. Yeah. Some people would disagree with that, and I can kind of understand that. But, like, and and again, it's, like, not that I really mind anyone saying yeah. violent shit about Trump. But that's a, that's a threat against the life of a president. Literally. Like, Kathy's photo was in the context of satirizing a sexist comment that he made and was at least, like, within an art form. Like, it was photography. It was yeah. stylized. And it was placed with a caption. And it also made no distinct call to action in terms of harming a U.S. president. Yeah. And it wasn't, we should make him bleed from his wherever. Yeah. It was the quote turned on its head. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. Um, Like, I can understand how it's easier for a photo with visual interest to be more alarming and arresting. Mm -hmm. But by the standards that Kathy Griffin was treated, Johnny Depp's career should be over. He Mm -hmm. should never work in Hollywood again. He should lose all of his jobs. All of his, like, advertising ties should leave him. Yeah. Um, You know, and, like, the entire First Family should be tweeting about how unstable he is. You know, the White House made a comment on Depp's comments calling them sad and that, like, people shouldn't say violent stuff. But, like, they took it no further than that. Yeah. And it is just so, so frustrating and disappointing how clear this double standard is. 
And also, Johnny Depp abused his wife. So, like, why has he not been bounced off the planet yet? I know. There's so many other reasons <laughs> so I don't like Johnny Depp to have a career anymore. Exactly. And the fifth Pirates of the Caribbean movie. This isn't even one of them. Like, yeah. I'm not mad about him saying that. Yeah. Again, like, he is also clearly, that was clearly a joke, just like Kathy Griffin's was clearly a joke and a satire on what was happening. Yeah. But if you're going to compare, if you're going to call Kathy Griffin's a threat on the president's life. If you're going to act like she should never work, like, all this fucking pearl clutching is such bullshit and so sexist, ageist bullshit. Like, it's just because you know why, you know? So, so that. Um, And the other facet of this, and I don't mean to defend Johnny Depp, but I kind of have to. But, you know, like I said, neither Johnny Depp's or Kathy Griffin's comments are that big of a deal. And the reason for this is because they're not the leader of the fucking free world. Like, their comments can be flippant and not taken seriously. And I just feel like there is so much comparing what Trump says to what the people who are criticizing him says. Yeah. And that is, like, such a no thank you to me. You know, celebrities and civilians have no obligation to keep a level head and advocate for the safety of their nation. It's not the same thing when, like, Kanye West goes off on Twitter as when Trump goes off on Twitter. Yeah. You know, like, Kanye West is not in charge of our tenuous political relationship with China. Thank goodness. Yes. Um, But he'd probably do a better job. Who knows? (laughs) Um, But I'm not going to elect Kanye West president. I wouldn't. But, I mean, I elect him over Trump. (laughs) Um, I think that Kim would bring a rational head to that situation. Kim would, um, Kim would, people said that Trump would run America like a business, and he's not really doing that, but Kim Kardashian fucking would. Oh, Kim would. Kim Kardashian would be selling, like, Kim America merchandise, and all of the money would go towards freeing people mm-hmm. who were illegally imprisoned. It would be crazy. She's so good at branding, I feel like <laughs> American exports would increase. Yeah, they really would. We can talk about this later. <laughs> um, okay, so there's that piece of it. So that's fucked. But the most troubling thing about this situation and this is really important for us to all think about, is the implication of the President of the United States unleashing government power on a comedian who made a piece of art. And yes, I'm going to keep calling it art because art doesn't have to be good or clever or respectful to be art. It's just like a category that it's placed in, and it is in that category. And political art especially isn't going to usually conform to typical standards of art. Like, a celebrity made a piece of commentary about the President of the United States and was at risk of being imprisoned on assassination charges. Yeah. We need to grapple with what that means. She was basically terrorized by the United States government for two straight months. And not only the suggestion, but the encouragement of the President. And this is so, like, fucking hard to talk about because so much of this is so overwhelming. Mm -hmm. Like, the terrible things that this administration is doing, you know, seeing children being separated from their families, hearing this, like, racist, sexist bullshit every hour, you know, it's just, like, ticking off fascist boxes. Like, the suppression of the free press, like, I can't even with that. But it's it's really easy to be desensitized to all of these things and say that, you know, like, there's really nothing we can do about it. It's just happening. But we have to continue saying specifically, this is not right, this is not normal, you know, we can't lose sight of what's unacceptable. And the president cannot terrorize those who oppose them. He can't silence the press who holds them accountable. He can't wield his influence to abuse citizens of this country. Even if he's doing all those things, like we, we have to still keep saying, you can't do that. 
you shouldn't do that. Like, this isn't the country we want. This isn't the country we're aspiring to. We cannot lose sight of that. So I just, I think that that's really important. And I think that it's, it's good to ground ourselves in these specific examples of what is a deviation from our country's values. Yeah. And I know that (laughs) holding a bloody severed head up seems like a deviation from our country's values. I'm here to say it's really not that much. Mm -hmm. This is. This is the problem. And we need to really think about it. So I'm going to end with Kathy's own words on the subject. Um, This is from an interview with CBS. She said, My little story is historic. Whether you like it or not, it's the first time a sitting United States president has used the full power of the Oval Office, the first family, the right-wing media, and more importantly, two departments within the Department of Justice to open an investigation on a private citizen who did nothing wrong, didn't violate the First Amendment, didn't break the law. So no matter what anyone thinks about this controversy, I agree with that. I agree with her and I stand by her in this situation. And we can argue back and forth about how inciting the image is, you know, what might have happened if she were a Republican doing this about Obama. Mm-hmm. You know, we can talk about whatever semantics we want to talk about. But at the end of this, knowing the facts, I agree with her. I stand by her. And I think that everyone listening should also. Yeah. So that's my take. That's my hot, hot take on this thing that happened three years ago. <laughs> no, that's, I didn't know. So I knew a lot of like the Twitter drama, but I didn't really know that she was really, really investigated for months for yeah. this stuff. For, I think a lot of people don't know. For literally trying to assassinate the president, which it's so clearly, clearly is not what was happening. Yeah. And just fucking Republicans like to talk about slippery slopes all the time. How's this for a fucking slippery slope? Yeah. You criticize the president and he could throw you in jail forever? Yeah. You know, like, you, you, we have to grab tight of these moments of real deviation Mm -hmm. from what our nation's leader is supposed to do. And it's so easy to be like, yeah, everything is a deviation. It's like, we got to get specific about it. Like, this is not acceptable. Absolutely. Um, Among the many things that are not acceptable. Mm -hmm. I would get into the more egregious, upsetting things that he's doing that are not acceptable, but I don't have the stomach for it. Mm. So, what are you? What are your thoughts about? I didn't. I didn't give you a lot of room to speak. What are your? No, thoughts no, about no, this? no. I mean, I I'm on the same page with you in a lot of ways. I think like I remember when it happened, like when the photo came out. I remember thinking like, oh man, I wouldn't have done that. Like that was stupid to do, Kathy Griffin. Oh, same. <laughs> but I also remember being like, why is everyone and their mother commenting on this? Like, yeah, why just is this such a big deal? Just don't, just don't comment, even if you hated it. Why is everyone feeling the need to be like, I also condemn Kathy Griffin? Like, who asked you? Like, I felt like Amen. every celebrity in the world was feeling, and like the same with Anderson Cooper, right? Every celebrity in the world was feeling the need to be like, I also feel Kathy Griffin is bad and did a bad. Yeah. And I'm like, why? Why is your voice like, right? Why? Why are you doing this? And then I also remember thinking, like, how crazy it was that Trump was like literally taking time to tweet about it. But then again, he takes time to tweet about everything. So I was like, maybe that's not that weird. I don't fucking know anymore. Yeah. But like when you do say, when you say like, what if this had been a Republican and it had been Obama who was president? Like, I think the uproar on Twitter might have been as loud, even louder. But I do not think Obama would have tweeted about it. Absolutely. That's the difference. Like you were saying, the difference is 
the yep. leader of the free world, the president of the United States, cannot get involved in this and stuff. And he would not have exerted, you know, political f- force. Exactly. Legal force. Yeah. On the person who did it, unless there was a credible threat to his life. Yes. Um, to end this, I just, one of my favorite things that, uh, Kathy Griffin mentioned, um, she had a stand-up special that she filmed, and she filmed the making of it, and the days and weeks leading up to it, um, called, called A Hell of a Story, Mm -hmm. so you can buy that anywhere you buy media, um, and I would encourage you to, I, I watched it because my mom bought it. There you go. Obviously. Susan's a stan. She's not going anywhere. (laughs) Um, yeah, but... She said during her stand-up that when all the shit was coming down, like, the, the first couple of days after this started happening, which were terrifying, um, Jim Carrey got a hold of her number and called her, um, like, to comfort her, basically. Wow! <laughs> um, and she asked him, you know, what she should do. And he said, oh, you're going to take as long a time as you need to process it. Then you're going to put it through your Kathy Griffin comedy prism, and you're going to make the story funny and relatable, and you're going to tell it. And, like, that's what she did, you know? Her new yeah. stand-up special is awesome. Like, it was good. And and it doesn't – more importantly, like, you know what? I love her. I stand by her. I'll say it. But you don't have to. Yeah. You don't have to love her. You can think she's a cunt. I don't care. Yeah. You can't support what happened to her. Mm-hmm. Um, bar none. Yeah. So – but I do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's that. Um, all right. So I think we've rung that dry. Um. But thank you so much for for illuminating that. Thank you for listening. I'm glad to talk about it. And I think my mom will be really happy that I covered it. I bet she will. I'll bet she'll be thrilled. Yep. (laughs) This one's for you, Suze. This one's for you, Suze. They're all for you, Suze. That's true. Um, All right. We need a palate cleanser. Do you have one? Yeah, let's just do a a quickie palate cleanser. Fun. Are these girls, like, abused or anything? No, no. Is it, like, North Korean cheerleaders when it's, like, it sounds, like, ooh, sassy, and then it's bad? No, I think it's just going to be a a, a quick little ride for us. Chill day? Great. I'm so so glad. All right, so as Leslie Nope once said, the thing about youth culture is I don't understand it. Excellent start. (laughs) Um, I am 25 years old, but I have known that I was no longer cool and hip since I was 22, and I found out I had been following a younger friend's Finsta instead of her Insta, and I said, what? Uh, <laughs> yeah, so so for those of you who don't know, um, a Finsta is a fake Insta where you post, like, the embarrassing, silly pictures of you, as opposed to your Insta where you post the curated, good pictures of you. And I just thought this friend of mine liked to post toilet selfies and had no idea I was following her Finsta. I... I've had this explained to me so many times I don't understand yeah. it. But it's the youths. Fine with it. Yep. The youths. We're old withered crones. You guys know that. So last week I found out about a new, even younger youth trend. Ugh, they keep getting younger. I know. And I want to introduce it to you folks. So <laughs> join me down this rabbit hole as we talk about Visco Girls. Mm. So what is a Visco Girl? Well, according to Urban Dictionary, my go-to source for youth <laughs> culture, a Visco Girl is... The Tumblr girls of 2019, you'll probably catch them wearing a scrunchie, tube top, puka shell necklace, white bands or Birkenstocks, and don't forget the hydro flask to finish off the look. Wait, puka shell necklaces are back? So when I read that definition, it did not illuminate anything for me. Yeah. Um, so I kept digging. Tube tops? Wait, no, this, found, this sounds like early 2000s. I know. Wait, is early 2000s, like, vintage now? Because I'm going to be mad about that. That that is actually true. Yes, early 2000s is now a trend. Just look at Normani's motivation video. Anyways. (laughs) 
<laughs> You're like, annotation, we cannot linger there, we must move on. But please watch Motivation, it's very catchy, and she does this crazy move with a basketball on her butt. Okay, so, <laughs> the term Visco Girl comes from the app Visco, or V-S-C-O, which is a photo editing app. And it's... Never heard of this. <laughs> you literally could be making all of this up. I've never heard of it. I'm not, I promise. It's um, embarrassing for me. It is an app where people can edit high quality photos and they can also save their editing presets. So when they edit photos, their Instagram looks more uniform. Like it kind of always has the same glow and the same light. So you always wonder how Instagrammers do that. They use Visco. Um, so... People on Instagram started using the hashtag Visco on their photos and later hashtag Visco girl to denote that they are using the app, which makes sense, right? But then Visco girl became to kind of instead denote the aesthetic of the girls using the app and posting the photos. So a Visco girl, to my understanding, it's it's an aesthetic. It, it seems to me that the words that come up when you're talking about a Visco girl is laid back, cool, and effortless. They are maybe wearing an oversized t-shirt or a tube top with jean shorts. And then they have beachy waves or a messy bun. Like, they look perfect, but like very low effort. Um, even more often when you're talking about Visco girls, you will hear brands and products that kind of make up what a Visco girl is. So they all carry the Fall Raven Konkin backpacks. Seen those. I love those. Yep. And they all have Hydro Flasks, which is an especially fancy brand of water bottle. What is that? It's just an especially fancy brand of water bottle. Um, They all love Brandy Melville as a brand, um, which is supposed to be all sizes, but it's really just a four. Um, (laughs) And they love Vans and Birkenstocks, and they all wear scrunchies and puka shell necklaces and friendship bracelets that they have made themselves. Uh, okay. Okay. I, I don't see anything wrong yet. No, yeah. So another big thing about Visco Girls is that they're big into meme culture. So um, they'll unironically or ironically, it is not clear to me, they'll say meme stuff in real life. So specifically, I keep hearing that they say, and I oop, which comes from um, Drag Queen Jasmine Masters, a very funny video she did. Um, <laughs> where she's like in the middle of doing something and then like something gets her attention. We do she- have to be aware of tiny white girls co-opting drag culture i'm gonna talk about that yeah okay okay um and they also say out loud this internet form of laughing which is spelled like s-k-s-k-s-k-s-k but which is pronounced kind of like does that make sense i've seen it written i've seen it written too right but they say it out loud we sound like 80 year old women i know like trying to parse apart what the young women are doing these days i know okay so that's what a visco girl is I get it. I think I get it. And they've been gaining a lot of notice on social media these last few months. And therefore, of course, a lot of people are roasting them. Because as soon as a new aesthetic becomes popular... Yep. You guys, I think we just heard the building (laughs) fall over. No, someone's just throwing something in the dumpster. Oh, yeah. I love the big dumpster. Oh, yeah. Um... So, of course, they're getting roasted. But now I am going to lay down the law. I am 100 years old, and I am going to tell you what's what. (laughs) The clouds are out. We're going to yell at them. There are some things we can and should roast the Visco girls for, and there are some things we should not. I'm here for it. So, here are the things we should roast. Number one, their aesthetic is supposed to be effortless, but is actually very brand-oriented and expensive. So think back to that Urban Dictionary definition. It's an aesthetic that's meant to be, like, so laid back, so chill, 
but it's all relatively expensive things that the girls carry. So like if you total up how expensive it is to be a Visco girl, a Konkin backpack is $80, a Hydro Flask is $40, Birkenstocks can be $100, Vans can be $60, Brady Melville's not cheap. Yeah. Like those fancy big scrunchies, if you buy them from Urban, they're more money than they should be. Yeah, it's all curated. Like those are all money. And it's it's this kind of thing is all 13 to 17 year olds. So like it's all people, it's all young people who are mm-hmm. feeling like they have to buy all this stuff mm-hmm. to fit in with this image. It's not laid back at all. Right. That is incredibly unchill. Yep. So roast them for that. Go ahead. Number two, those who identify as Visco girls are almost universally white and skinny. So I think this is very much connected to some of the points above. Um, When fat people or people of color try to dress in an effortless laid back way, they are not usually rewarded for it. The same way that a skinny white woman is. Yeah, you think? Yeah. I wish you guys could see us now because we're awfully effortless. (laughs) Right now. I put in so little effort. I don't think anyone wants us on Instagram. I mean, I want us on Instagram. <laughs> I watched one video um, that was um, Ladylike from BuzzFeed, who I actually really like. They're very I love funny. Ladylike. But they did one where they, like, dressed like Visco girls. And two of the girls are, like, um, pretty skinny. So they were wearing, like, the big t-shirt and then, like, little jean shorts look. And they were both like, yeah, this is really comfortable. I feel great. But then one of the women who was in Ladylike is plus size. And she was like, this is just a shirt. Like, it's not, yeah. it's not like a cute big t-shirt that I'm wearing. It's just, <laughs> if I'm you wearing, wearing my clothes is adorable, then yeah. <laughs> I'm upset about it. Yeah, right? Um, so I just think that's important to keep in mind um, that this is a trend that is skyrocketing among a very, very specific set. And yeah. if we're making them the ideal, what does that say? Roast them for that. <laughs> Number three, are Visco girls appropriating? So again, connected to the points above. Meme culture is very often created by people of color and LGBTQ people. So is it cool that they're now part of the language for a bunch of middle class white girls? I'm not sure. Um, I I think we got to be on the lookout from it. Uh, it's speculated that a lot of these girls get their vocabulary from James Charles, who is like a YouTuber. Oh, I see. Yep. Who uses a lot of that kind of like drag queen slang in his videos. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of, it's thought that that's where they all pick it up. Right. I think, honestly, this is a case-by-case basis. Yeah. You know, there's probably a trend of, I think there's a trend of little white girls appropriating drag culture, queer culture, black culture. We yeah. do it. And, yeah. and we shouldn't. And we've been called out on it. And we try yeah. to do better. And, you know, like, that's. You got to do that. You got to you got to hold yourself accountable and your fan base has to hold yourself accountable. Absolutely. So so roast them for that. Go on ahead. We will. So here's what you cannot roast them for. <laughs> you cannot roast them for being teenage girls who like things. Amen. This makes me furious. People in the back. They can like scrunchies. They can like Instagram. They can make friendship bracelets. If they want to save the turtles and buy a bunch of hydro flasks and then tweet hashtag save the turtles, let them think they're saving the turtles. (laughs) It's making them more interested in the environment. That's great. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. (laughs) Exactly. Do not call them stupid or shallow just because they are using the hashtag visco girl. Like, this is the thing that makes me furious is that as soon as a bunch of teenage girls start liking something, everyone all of a sudden has to be like, look at these idiot teenage girls. Like... 
No, not yeah. necessarily. Like I said, there are plenty of things to roast Visco girls about, but just being Visco girls is not one of them. Yeah. For further reading, definitely watch Lindsay Ellis's video on Twilight. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That captures that. Very connected. That it's such a connected topic and she does it really, really well. And like, like I mentioned, like this is a lot of girls who are like 13 to 17. That is a time when you should be throwing yourself into trends, trying new aesthetics, like seeing what you feel comfortable in and what you like. Yeah, and God willing you're passionate about something. Like I I taught that age range for a long time and so many of them are just so terrified to have interests yeah. or be passionate about something or get into something. Like it is so hard. I think eighth grade the movie yeah. like really investigated that like – if there is excitement for a kid that age that's not hurting anyone, not appropriating anything, not doing the brand, you know, like, you you do the rules, you know, yeah. beforehand. God, like, that is so increasingly rare. Like, we need kids to be excited about stuff. Yeah. And so I'd like to end this, this quick segment on Visco Girls with a message to our listeners, 13 to 17. I don't think there's that many of you. But if you're there... Auntie Sam is here to sit you down (laughs) and talk to you today about finding yourself. And here's what I want to say. Make mistakes. Try things. I miss Frizzle right now. (laughs) Interrogate the stuff that you like. Think about the influences. Examine the stuff you're consuming. Think critically. And like the stuff you like. And enjoy life. And wear a scrunchie if you want to. And don't be embarrassed that somebody's going to call you a dumb visco girl. Because you're not a dumb visco girl. You're a person who likes a scrunchie. And if you use the hashtag visco girl, great. And if you're listening to our show with any regularity, you're awesome. Yeah, I can already tell that you have a cool personality. Amen. You're very cool. And all the boys and girls probably have crushes on you. Everyone just wants to make out with you, probably. <laughs> That's what I told myself, getting up <laughs> yeah. on the middle school bus every day. There you go. It's only a matter of time, little Allie. Yeah, so so that's what a Visco girl is. And that's and that's that. I'm closing the book on Visco girls. Such a microcosm of the teen tween girl experience. Yes. I think a great way for us as non-teen tween girls to investigate our internalized misogyny towards the things that young women like and how we always view them as stupid and dumb and stupid. Yeah. Why do we do that? Why do we do that? Why do we do that? Everyone likes embarrassing stuff when they're young, regardless of gender. Yeah. And it's like, yes, some of it's <laughs> problematic. And again, like, that's not insignificant. Yeah. And those things should be, incur- like, investigated. But, like, little boys playing, what is it, Call of Duty. Yeah. That scene is totally normal. And they're like, oh, what's the one that I really hate? What is that? What is it called? They're like throwing sex workers out of cars. Oh, um, Grand Theft Auto. Grand Theft Auto. They're actually like raping and murdering people. Yeah. I mean, not actually. No. (laughs) But (laughs) But it's being depicted. That's the point. That's what's happening. Yeah. Let a girl get a fucking frappuccino without killing yourselves. Have girls take Instagram pics of each other. Just let them. That's so much safer than what the little boys are doing. I know. And also, like, sometimes I think about, we can even cut this out. Sometimes I I think about, great. (laughs) Like, when I see a picture of myself from ages 13 to 17, almost exactly that range, um, I am, like, 
I want to shrink into a black hole. I'm just mortified feel, to see her. Feel physical pain. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, what were you doing? Just thinking about how insecure you were makes me insecure right now. 25 year old me. Yep. Like what the F, right? I have friends like my friend Joey, right? Mm-hmm. He had a full like Bieber emo boy haircut in those years. Yeah. And he jokes about it and will laugh about the pictures and like sh- and like be proud of them yep. in a way that like I can only do with my very least embarrassing pictures only with the people absolutely closest to me. Yep. And otherwise I'm like, "No, I used to like things. Don't don't look at that." <laughs> don't <laughs> Shield look at me, me from fun it. with my friends. I'm ill. Whereas like he can just be like, "Ew, isn't this fun?" Yeah. Like like, why do we do that? Why Only do we do that I'm allowed to see your roar. I'm a dinosaur fix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Was God that knows, too far? <laughs> we all have them. We all have them. We all have them. We have them. If you were on Tumblr in 2008, you have them. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I just feel like, why Why do I Why do I punish me? Why do we punish? <laughs> why do we punish them? Each other for liking things when we're 14. Just right. let us. Just let everyone do it. Examine what you like. Think critically about what you're consuming and what you're putting out into the world, but like what you like. I love it. Hashtag Visco Girl. Hashtag Visco Girl. <laughs> we'll add that to all of our tweets. We should take an Instagram tonight, how we look right now, and like post it to Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do that. Hashtag Visco Girls. Um, but just hashtag Visco Girls. No, no commentary. No other comments. Um, you guys will all see if we do that. <laughs> uh, thank you so much. That was truly enjoyable for me to learn about, and um, I think I think a good thing for all of us to chew on. Yeah. We learned, a, we talked, we covered a lot of ground. Wow, today. we really got into it. We got the fuck into it. I'm revved up. It's pitch I'm black in this room now because three quarters of the way through this Diet Coke, you're right, it's black in this room. Because <laughs> we started fil- recording when the sun was setting and now the sun is set. I packed all my lamps. Yeah, we really don't have anything in this house anymore. Uh, but I think next time we are recording, we will be in our podcasting studio. It won't be finished, but we'll we'll be in there and we'll have our desk. Hell yeah. And if not, we'll be in my apartment somewhere. So that'll yep. be fun too. Everything's going to be fine. <laughs> um, all right. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us. Um, we just passed 60,000 downloads. Wow, thank you guys um, so much. Thank you guys so much for that. Um, so fucking cool, man. Every time we pass one of those things, I just like want to cry with how much I appreciate all of you who listen and who write into us. Yeah. It's so special to us and it, it means the world to us. So it really, really does. Thank you so much for that. Um, and if you want to do that, you can email us at I'm horrified podcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at I'm horrified pod. Um, leave us a review wherever you get your pods. And until next week, we hope you stay horrified. Stay horrified.